0: you want to put good things out into the world don't you that that encourage other people and it's easy to get caught up on the aloneness of it and look at yourself and that's that's a terrible journey to go on (laughs) you need to it's a spiral downwards so it's good to keep keep making decisions to pour out something of yourself to um to bless others and you know in doing so you end up getting blessed yourself so this
1: is great This is Jess, and you're listening to The Pumping Podcast. Mamas, I am about to introduce you to one of my biggest role models. I can't even believe I'm saying this right now. (laughs) But I am about to introduce you to an Olivier Award-winning actress, Laura Michelle Kelly. This mama is best known for playing the title role of Mary Poppins, where she received an Olivier Award for Best Actress in a Musical and years ago when i was playing this role i studied parts of her performance and prayed that i could just be a little essence of what she brought to the role and so you can only imagine my giddiness when she responded saying that she'd be willing to share her motherhood journey on the podcast i was blown away her little guy came into the world earlier than expected but i am so grateful to say that this month he will be celebrating his first birthday. And if you listen in, you might get a chance to hear him and his amazing drum skills. So without further ado, I introduce you to mama Laura Michelle Kelly. I could not be more honored and excited to speak to my guest today. For those actors out there and musical theater loving moms out there, today I have the privilege of chatting with Laura Michelle Kelly. Welcome, Laura. Hi. <laughs> I have
0: the pleasure of talking to you
1: oh you're so sweet thank you so much for taking the time to be on the pumping podcast it means the world to me you have no idea you're welcome thank you for asking me for those who are listening who haven't heard of you before I don't know who those people are they've been living under a rock but Laura Michelle is an English actress who is best known for starring in Mary Poppins as Mary where she also received an Olivier Award for Best Actress in a Musical in the West End. And she was also Sylvia in Finding Neverland on Broadway. I just have to take a quick minute to gush over you because my personal favorite role and show of all time was Mary Poppins. And we shared this earlier when we talked a couple months back that I've gotten the opportunity to play Mary as well twice. And I so have admired you and the research that I was doing for that role and I just want to thank you for your performance and sharing your talent you're such an inspiration
0: oh that's very sweet thank you
1: I have to ask what it was like playing that role
0: um you know I was very young I was 24 when we when we were originally starting all the workshops for it and the rehearsals for it I think it was a pleasure that we had the chance to work on it outside of town so out of London It's an unusual thing to do that in England because I guess regional theatre isn't as strong over there as it is here. There are some major players, but over the years the funding's not been there for for the theatres to uh, keep running. And so there's not as many opportunities there. Um, So it was quite rare to get a chance to work on something outside of London. And we so we went to Bristol and developed, uh, we spent a long time developing the show and the, the creative team that came to the table already had a lot of um decisions already made unlike a broadway show where they come to the table and maybe they, they have a few anchor points but it could go anywhere you know any which one um, because of the cast that they're casting in and some of the creative choices haven't been decided yet until the cast get uh, involved um but over there is a little bit more um you have to be ahead of the time so they had a lot of things already decided before we even came to the table. Uh, So we had such a great time in Bristol playing with things and having so many more scenes. And obviously we had a lot of technical trouble with the house and um, we were able to iron out a lot of the problems technical wise um, out of town. So that was great. You know, so to go through that process was incredible. I think it was, it was it made me aware of how much I'd been missing out coming in and playing parts that had already been created by somebody else. Um, that I realized how much I loved being that person to decide which way a character looks or, or decides uh, my journey. Uh, you know, then people get to do that journey thereafter. And that's such a privilege. So yeah, it was a lot. It was a, it was an amazing experience and I loved the people that I was working with. Um, I think at 24, you don't realize what you're getting into. I had no idea. Mm-hmm the life-changing thing that it would be and I I was really grateful that I had the opportunity to play it on Broadway like five years later because I was a different person then and I actually got to really enjoy it so much more because I could relax a bit you know there was a pressure in another way that an original Broadway cast had made their stamp on it but uh, and I was like well you know how are they gonna uh, receive me and I was really nervous about that but um but to get to play it again I, and overcome some challenges there and uh, playing it with a different audience. And I grew so much as an actress and as, as a person um, and got to really enjoy the story so much more uh, doing it on Broadway. And, and yeah, I, I played again in the shot. I don't think Mary Poppins is ever a part that you age out unless, you know, you just can't physically dance it anymore it's very really. it's very physically demanding there were so many more scenes and songs in the original even in London they cut a few spots uh, to shorten the show for New York and I was so grateful because <laughs> I remember <laughs> almost crying before anything had happened because I knew there was another quarter show to go exactly <laughs> uh, and there wasn't a break you know and I remember <laughs> Being so physically exhausted, like almost having to hold back tears, down and stuff. But there was such a gift in that because you know you've overcome each night, you've overcome your, what you thought your limit was. Yeah. And so yeah, I was glad that they gave me a few breaks
1: in New York. <laughs> exactly. You're like, this is no problem. This is easy now.
0: And I also think everything was easier too in New York because I had learned how to be a bit more healthy, like with my time and and with my diet and with my exercise and stuff. I'd learned how to be a bit more uh, give my, show myself a bit more self care I was hitting it hard when I was twenty four I was making an album I was going after movies I was but when I came to New York, I just did the show and that was that was such a a good thing to do because I could just really focus and enjoy it and i didn 't push myself too hard
1: and now you 're joining us from the West coast right
0: I am in Seattle we are surrounded by smoke with the um these I just really feel for the people that are in places that are worse off than us but you know we're coming out of quarantine only to find that we have to stay in our houses again that you know the smoke's so thick that the sun is red and you can look at it that's that and it's been going on for quite a few days they said it would clear up in a couple of days but it didn't so um I just really feel for people in Oregon crazy world we're in right now, but thank God for the rain. Absolutely.
1: Well, I and many others that I know admire you and all of your work and accomplishments, but what would you say is your greatest accomplishment thus far prior to children and becoming a mother? Oh, um, greatest accomplishment?
0: I wouldn't know. I have no idea. So I guess having to overcome probably was the Mary Poppins having to overcome the physical tiredness of that and still do a good job. That was a lot to do every day. And um, that was a lot. And I, I think at the time in interviews like they were like, Oh, how does it feel to follow in Julie Andrews footsteps? And I never saw it. I still don't really see it like that because it was a very different
1: yeah, thing, totally different.
0: but I never really realized the, the magnitude of the part until later, especially now going forward, how, it had that show had affected people and that's I always consider it a team effort so it was never something that I um you know took what's I never I've got such bad brains I'm not sleeping at the moment our baby keeps us awake all night long um but my greatest accomplishment at the moment is getting him to go down for a nap I never, I never consider it a solo effort. I always consider it a group effort. So it's, you know, when you say accomplishment, I'm like, well, what did we accomplish as a group? Because that's why I love theatre so mm-hmm. much. I think a gre- one of the greatest accomplishments with theatre was Lord of the Rings. It wasn't a, you know, at the time, I think the audiences uh, didn't come so much because they weren't quite sure what it was. It was way ahead of its time. And, um, I think at the time there was something else going on that the West End was quite quiet. And so they managed to keep, we managed to keep the show open for like two, three years, which actually really great for the West End anyway, but um, that show itself was so ahead of its time. And uh, that was a real pleasure to be a part of. And it still hasn't been done anywhere else, but I really think it should be. It's the most amazing story.
1: And, And the music was so out of this world. Well, maybe like, you know, Harry Potter came around and, you know, maybe that sort of different type of a thing. Maybe maybe that'll sort of pave the way a little bit. I think people
0: would be ready right now. I mean, that was always something I always wanted to say yes to things that broke ground. And they had circus trained skilled people on stage. And that's been happening for years since then. Uh, But at the time, that was not really... Like orcs in the audience, the immersive experience. So people don't exactly people want to be involved more now, and they uh, they want something different, something else that's to them that's that's actually quite spectacular to have twelve foot you know trees walking on stage, and they're just ordinary actors. You know, they're not necessarily. We were training for a really long time, and um, we what a blessing we had with that. We had like an eleven week tech period for that. Mm. The stage was like you've never seen. And I don't know. I hope I hope it will come back and happen again. I think they would have to re look at it all from the beginning and start over again and see what else we can make with it. I'd love to be part of that again. Um, It's so interesting. Put it out into the universe. Well, it's so interesting. I look back and I think, well, I'm not done. I did. I thought I was done, and I'm really not done with some of these parts. And um, uh, maybe that's just for me to encourage the next generation. But at the same time. There are things that you'd want to revisit. You just weren't finished. Sometimes you just need a really long break and then come back to it. Exactly.
1: Well, and I think as a creative, we never really are done because we're always looking for something creative too. So yeah,
0: you need you do need to go back out, refill, get some more imagination going, come back to the part, and you've got more to give. That's true too. Yeah. Accomplishments, though, I think I think as a show, that was a really big accomplishment to pull that off. Um. That I, I wouldn't know. Other than that, uh, I I think I see I see my life in different chapters, and each chapter has its own ups and downs and things you remember. And uh, each one of them is hard enough to overcome. Sometimes in some of these chapters, it was it was an achievement just to walk out the door and, and go meet someone for coffee, you know, with what you were dealing with. And some chapters, it's you know, I was able to tap dance, do magic steer children out into safety <laughs> and staying at the top of my lungs at the same time so you know those things yeah it, it depends they will have their own different skill set
1: <laughs> so then your chapter of motherhood when did you become a mom and considering this career what made you feel like it was time to take that journey into motherhood
0: um, you know, I always wanted to be a mum. I think if you look at all the parts I've played, I've been, they've always been very nurturing. Uh, but one thing that has shocked me is that however I thought a mother would be, to be a mother it, and the mother I played, um, it's nothing, anything like I thought it would be. <laughs> I, was, I thought I was prepared, you know, complete shell shock. this is this is motherhood I didn't realize how selfish I was and um uh, and the things you go through and I I'm so sad that for my 20s and 30s I didn't realize what my friends were dealing with when they had children like the the challenges that they face every day overcame every day um just even with lack of sleep and the cares you have for your kid that you just want the best for them and uh, you know, health wise, if something's going wrong, you're like, you, it's its just all you can think about. Um, uh, yeah. It's, and even the fact of you want to feed your baby and you can't produce milk enough for the baby or, at the beginning. And you're like, te- you're just torn up about it. It's like things like that. Just the physical demands and the, um, the realizations you have when you, when you become a parent, I can't even, I I've only got one right now. I've got a second on the way. And, oh really? Yeah, I'm. Due, oh, baby, just I'm looking at the monitor and I'm seeing he only just went down for a nap and he's waking up. Aww, <laughs> hang on, I go get sweet him. Thing. Um, he's staring at me in the monitor with his eyes. <laughs> Hi. That was the shortest nap ever. Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Bless
1: his heart. Oh, my goodness. Well, congratulations. Thank you. We're due in February. And and your son is about to turn one next month, right? Uh, yeah. Thank you for remembering that. Oh, yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. He's a delight. Like, he's funny and witty.
0: And he we're not quite at the stage where, you know, you, you know he's looking at everything in, in wonder. He's actually got quite a sober face. He he is quite a serious baby <laughs> until Daddy comes home, and then Daddy comes home and he becomes this like giggling little monkey. Aww. With me, we're fairly quiet all day, we chill, and we do fun things together. You know, people often say he looks very sober looking when he's when he meets them for the first time.
1: <laughs> uh,
0: he's definitely not an extrovert baby right now.
1: Aww, well, <laughs> maybe that'll be me. yeah. Maybe that'll be your second, or maybe he'll he'll take a turn.
0: Yeah, maybe no he does love drums he loves playing mm. the drums you might hear it in the background that's
1: okay well would you share your pregnancy journey with us I know that um the birthing experience was maybe a little bit of a challenge but was your pregnancy experience challenging did it take you a long time no I we you know one, I think one
0: thing I talked to you about it's all right honey one thing I talked to you about that um uh I was shocked at how quick it happened because I was 30, I was thirty-eight i'd only just got married and I, so we weren't going to be worried about having a baby i was already ready like years ago but i hadn't yeah. met the right person and so meeting sean i was like yeah let's do it and and we thought it'd take a while but it didn't thank god and um uh you know 10 months later he's here right now Or 11 months later he came early that was a challenge real challenge but I'll tell you one thing that was quite mind blowing was I, I, as soon as I got pregnant, I had this sudden fear that I was never gonna work again, which is, I think a lot of women must have that thought and then have to overcome that because of course you are, but the thing is you can write yourself off or other people could write you off. But I was surprised that there was lots of producers that were happy to take me on in the shows they offered me. Almost as if I had that thought, um, it was like, uh, I was gifted uh, three different shows, one after the other, for, the tri- for my second trimester. When you have the most energy, I did Cabaret, Matilda, uh, the Cabaret in, in Connecticut, Matilda in um, the Muni in St. Louis, and Pride and Prejudice. I played Jane Austen, mm. quite heavily pregnant, <laughs> and they were all very progressive, and they let me they were excited about it. They were excited to share that journey with me and to be the ones supporting me. I was so shocked.
1: That's amazing. All these
0: three three male producers, uh, one female producer actually too, um, but just so supportive. And I, and I thought, I just really want to share that with people because often people think, well, if I have a baby, it's going to be the end of my career or a lot of friends have come to me and said, I don't, but I haven't made it yet. I haven't done all the things I want to do. And I was like, you're never going to feel that way. (laughs) And just because you have a child doesn't mean you shouldn't have a career as well. Yes. There'll be some challenges as I'm finding like juggling, um, your priorities. Like obviously your kid is going to always come first, but juggling your schedule and finding people to help you in that. That's, that's going to be a hard challenge sometimes, but, but, you know, I think you'd be, I think it's a real shame if people stop, going for being creative just because they've had a child you know each to their own each capacity in a person is different and but I would I would challenge people and I'm challenging myself to keep stepping out and being creative despite my life my world just being fuller um and I still got I've actually feel like I've got more to give because of this experience in a way
1: exactly right before you're filled with this other experience that can influence those roles in such a different way.
0: I think so. There's like a whole other world that my eyes are opened, but I mean, not to say that you don't, if you have, you have to have a child to do that. I think you just have to have empathy to do that. But a bit like, you know, having, um, you know, having never been in the car crash, you can imagine what it's like. You can see what it's like. You can see the effects of it, but the trauma of it you've had to overcome. And having the overcome of it, I can't compare a child having a child to a car crash. But well, you know what you know what I mean.
1: Well, but it is still trauma to a certain extent. You know, it's I suppose giving birth can be traumatic for you. Yeah.
0: <laughs> but yeah. Um, yeah, no, we we uh, we weren't going to do epidural. As I think a lot of women often say, I'm going to go natural, and that, that's. Um, that's a really good idea. Uh, but I, which I would have loved to. However, after like 12, 12 to 15 hours of labor, I was like, okay, give me one. <laughs> Just exactly. really, give me one. I didn't, I thought I could do it. I can't do it. They gave me one, but it went wrong and they went too high and I stopped, I stopped being able to breathe. Oh my gosh. Well, they couldn't tell me if it was that I wasn't able to breathe or that I couldn't feel myself breathing. And so therefore it really, it didn't feel any different. Um, they put me on oxygen, but they took out the epidural and they said, um, you, we're going to have to do it again. And I was like, no, you can't. Not if I've gotten to this point where I can't breathe. You can't give me another one. Because you didn't know why it was happening, you know? Mm-hmm. Half of me could feel the contractions and everything and half of me couldn't, which was... one half. The, the half of me that couldn't was a good half. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the rest of me, I could feel every single thing and I was really... That was my experience, and um I, having knowing I've got to go through the experience of birth again, I think when you know you've come through it, you know well i'm strong I'm made of stronger stuff than i thought how <laughs> and but it's definitely a trauma involved in a way, and I mean, I love hearing the stories where women say, "Oh, it was wonderful, it all went smoothly, and I did my birth hypno birthing, and it was just, Magical. I'm like, what were you on? Because it was not like that for me.
1: <laughs> Mamas, I just wanted to take a quick moment to recognize one of my sponsors, HypnoBabies. HypnoBabies is birth hypnosis. How to enjoy your baby's birth in comfort, joy, and love. If you're a soon-to-be mama or know a soon-to-be mama, check out the link in the show notes for HypnoBabies. There's a home study course, there's MP3 tracks, and there's also a few non-birthing tracks as well. How to stop smoking, how to help your toddler sleep, and many, many more. Check out Hypnobabies in the show notes for a 20% off discount, and make sure you use the code PUMPINGPODCAST for a 20% off discount. For more info about Hypno Babies, you can go back and listen to episode 7, where I interviewed the founder and CEO, Carrie Tushoff. She was gracious enough to give my listeners a private code for 20%. Sun off. So make sure you use that code pumping podcast. Go check out Hypno Babies in the show notes. Now back to the show.
0: Uh, I was a bit traumatized anyway because I was expecting another five or six weeks of pregnancy after I finished Jane Austen, and instead he came after I binged on milkshake and burgers <laughs> watching The Joker, and I had a week left of the show, and that night I, I bent over to it was my one day off, and that. I go get checked out at the OB and she's like, yeah, you're all good. Everyone says firmly closed cervix locked, Everything's good. And then um, sure enough, my water just broke as I bend down to pick some more ice cream up at 5am <laughs> in the morning. And it just, my water just burst and I'm standing in the bath thinking oh, this is happening. And I have to prepare my husband who's fast asleep. And I'm just standing in the bath, like catching everything. And, and I'm like, how am I going to, what are we going to do? We weren't supposed to give birth in this state. We are supposed to give birth in Louisiana, where my family is. We, don't have a, we didn't have a home. We had a company housing, even though my husband does work here. We had, didn't have a home at the time. So I was like, oh my gosh, I'm homeless in Seattle. <laughs> After this work week was done, we, we'd already packed our bags. So we were homeless in Seattle, giving birth early to this baby. And we couldn't leave for five weeks. But it was just blessing after blessing. People helped us and um, supported us. And uh, we did stay in the NICU for two weeks with this one. And um, what that was traumatic. I had some really lovely messages from other people in musical theatre that had gone through worse experiences than I was going through. And they were sending me all these amazing text encouragement for someone who is completely in that lost in that situation and finding myself like suddenly not not pregnant anymore but a mother I I wasn't mentally ready. I was like I kept crying well, he's not in there anymore and, her, and people were like yeah he's out now and I was like no you don't understand <laughs> like he's not in there. I couldn't enjoy that moment of him being just in there so but thank God that um that I was employed by those amazing producers for those amount of weeks because it means that I'm covered for, and this is why I love equity, that I have equity insurance for this baby because of those weeks that they accepted me to do those parts. Oh, wow. And that's, that's a that huge amazing. thing. That That's a really big thing in the life of a family to have coverage, health coverage. And for your little one too, my baby was covered. Like it was sickness and amazing insurance. Um, mm. so I'm the, and also having so I just have to give a big shout out to equity because they that my insurance was so great thanks to them and I um, just love that they're sticking up for us all especially right now with covid they're fighting yeah. for us all when no one
1: can work
0: so thank god for them
1: now would you have any advice for for moms who are potentially finding themselves in the nicu Or having their little ones before they're prepared. What would you say to those people? Oh my gosh, I would say um, because those days are hard, right? Like sitting there. Yeah, they're
0: quite dark. They're quite dark and scary, and you don't know what's around the corner. Um, Stick together as a family. Like, make sure that you're holding your partner's hand the whole way, and and being in it together. Being honest with each other about how you're feeling when you're suddenly parents and you suddenly realize you have differing opinions on things, Mm. you know, you have your mother's instincts, but you also have what the nurses say and they're not always the same. There's just a lot of, a lot of things thrown at you at one time. And I would just say, be in the moment and do what you can in that one moment to focus on your child and on self care. Uh, you know I didn't after just giving birth
1: I wasn't thinking about myself at all but <coughs> let people help you you want to play oh. with this play with that. and then specifically for any actors that are listening what would you say to them I mean I know that I've even felt that pull between career and motherhood and you touched on it briefly earlier but what would you say what's the advice that you would give from where you're at now and I used to say to my
0: friends that you know when I hadn't found the one and I hadn't had children obviously yet and I saw happy couples and they were waiting, they were waiting for, women were waiting for their break to have made it and then to have their family. And I say, I would say, I think I would always say, don't wait for the big break to have your family. You can start living your life to the fullest now and, you, and you'll see what still comes your way. Uh, the other thing I would say is being, um, you, you're at the top of your game, whether you're a leading character or an ensemble member, member, you might not feel like that, but you're at the top of your game. And so sometimes there, there's that, I want to attain this lead character part, you know, for my life, uh, wish, but you realize when you get there that it actually isn't going to be all that satisfying in comparison to having a family. I mean, I say that because, you know, people would look at my life and go, but I want your, your career. One person's this. I want your career. And I was like, just, you know, if you've got a husband that loves you and you do want kids, don't wait to get that role or that name for yourself. Like enjoy the success you have right now. Have your family. You can have both. You don't need to, I believe you can have both. I don't think you need to, you're not sacrificing one for the other. I think that's the misconception is that you're sacrificing a lot. I think you do in some ways, for for your family, sacrifice some things. Like I'm, I'm in Washington, but I've found that you can still be creative here. Oh, he's just, he's destroying my, my Hoover. Um, <laughs> you <all> right, buddy? <laughs> he wants to vacuum for you, mom. <laughs> I mean, that's the way I feel right now. I might, maybe I'll change my mind, but I says to my friend, just start living your life now. Go for it with children, and and um, you know, don't feel like you have to choose one or the other. Yeah. How has motherhood changed you? Um, how has it changed me? I get less slain. <laughs> 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 he is, okay. So I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to have it all together. I'm a really good multitasker. Uh, but then the baby comes out, and they're a human of their own. You know, they're their own little human, and they have other plans. And I have a little wild tiger who refuses to sleep and at some point he also was refusing to eat. He just wasn't interested in milk and he wasn't ready for solids yet. Yeah. So he was just like, nope, I'm done. Because he had a lot of um digestion problems and it was kind of anyway, so you know we've been in and out of hospital with this one. Gaining weight was hard for him. And uh so it's been an uphill battle every day for did he have his milk today? Like each meal was a big deal. Um And uh, so that's, I suppose it's made me better at uh, being organized for his sake. Um, Now that we're out of the woods, he's nearly 12 and he's no longer in the one percentile, which was just devastating for me Mm -hmm. to see my child doing, you know, doing everything I could. And I still couldn't get him to uh, be out of the one percentile. That was really hard. But finally, we're not out of that. That was really difficult. But they're their own little human and you've got to roll with the punches, you know. It's not always up to you how it goes. And um, you've just got to be ready to do everything you can, I think, to help, to help them on their, the beginning of their journey. He's so funny and smart and cute and does these amazing expressions. He wants to explore everything. Can't wait
1: to get to the edge of every carpet. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. And probably couch as well pretty soon, if not already he's not walking yet but so he's
0: he's um so there's been, obviously been some real challenges and hardships there with not you know the weight problem but I do love that app what to expect when you're expecting mm-hmm. because I I go on out there and I I glean the wisdom of all these mothers these thousands of mothers at the same time I'm able to encourage women at further earlier in their journey I do love that app I'm on it every day
1: oh I'll have to put a link in there so people can check that out if they haven't heard of it yeah I'll put that in the show notes so I will let you go with that little cutie but I just have one final question what is something that you would like to tell him and maybe your future little one on the way now for when they're 18
0: Oh my gosh,
1: I'm not ready to say that yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've got 18 years to think about that, so it's okay.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Um, no, not ready. I mean, I said to my sister-in-law, she's got three kids, and I said, I don't even know how you do it. I spent one day with them before I was pregnant with their three children, and she said, it's okay, you just have to start with a small little one. You don't have to, you know, start with three. And so I'm, so so I'm still on the small little one challenges. And... All right, buddy. You're ready, huh? You're ready. Um, but, uh, so I, I'm not ready for the 18-year-old advice.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, I will let you go take care of him and hold him and give him all the attention that he needs. I'm so grateful that we were able to connect. Just thank you for taking your time and sharing your story. It was important to me, and I know it will be for a lot of other yeah. women and actors out there to hear as well.
0: Thanks. I hope that my sharing... The, the tough times of how what's what being a mother's been like uh, will help other people not feel so alone because you can really get hit with this feeling of being alone when you're first a mother even if you're in a really great relationship there's just a journey that only you can go through and it's just part of the process so if I can help one person feel less alone or less most mothers don't feel like they're good enough and obviously that's a lie so um that i really don't want people to torture themselves with that thought either um it's something that every mother it's a the that every mother has to think it's not enough it's high up on the list of values to be a lot to their child so that's a good sign that you're a good mother
1: or parent yeah, exactly
0: thank you so much thanks for having
1: me thank you i so appreciate it this was just so lovely The Pumping Podcast is a podcast for moms and by moms, and I am your host. I'm not yet a mama. I'm a mama in training. If you're enjoying what you hear, take a minute on Apple Podcasts to subscribe, rate, and make sure you review so other mamas out there can find us and listen along while they're pumping or breastfeeding. Some fun news for you. We have a private mama network for support and community of mamas. If you'd like to join, email info at thepumpingpodcast.com. Also, if you'd like to be a guest and share your journey into motherhood, email interviews at thepumpingpodcast.com. Follow us on Instagram at thepumpingpodcast. And for any other questions or to connect, check out thepumpingpodcast.com. Thank you so much for spending some of your day with me. You light me up and inspire me. And share the podcast with a mama or future mama you know. Until next time, keep on pumping. I don't